Hey, everybody. It's Allie. And welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, September 22nd, 2019. Last week, Victor Newman had his dramatic fall to the floor. And this week, I had one. Here's what happened. I feel so silly. I was buzzing around the house trying to do 40 different things at once, as I'm sure you can imagine. I was walking from one room to the next. I got my feet all tangled up in the rug and I tripped and fell and slammed down onto the ceramic tile floor (laughs) at full velocity. (laughs) I bruised both of my knees, both of my hands, my hip, my face. I landed at kind of an angle. But the worst part of it all is my ribs. I bruised my ribs. I didn't even realize how bad that was going to hurt until a couple of hours later. But it's very painful. It hurts to sit up straight. It hurts to laugh. It hurts to breathe, which are all things that I do for YNR Chat on a weekly basis. I mean, you know, I love to get it rip-roaring and going with some laughs and some yelling and some carrying on, and I cannot physically do that this week. So... I'm recording just a quick audio version of our chat for today so that I can take it a little easy on myself physically. Um, uh, the, all of these injuries have just made me kind of slow and tired, and so I'm going to try to keep it short. That's my plan anyway. <laughs> oh, the best laid plans. Yes, Victor's plan to fake his own death is not working out so well for Victoria. I think Victoria is having the worst week ever. She dealt with Billy's whole psychological break. She was the last person to know about her father's death. And now she's about to get arrested for Victor's murder. Oh, man. I can't believe anybody believes he's really dead. The majority of YNR chatters, 59% of you believe that Victor is faking his death. I'm honestly surprised that the vote was that close. There were a lot of people coming out to vote in that one, uh, but it seems so obvious to me that he's not dead. Rule number one in soap operas, nobody not dead. And rule number two, even if there is a body, 
still not dead. <laughs> no, we never saw. We we just came back to the ranch after he collapsed, and all we saw was the debris of him being of where he collapsed on the floor. So there's no way he's he's not faking it. I also think that both Nikki and Nick are in on it together. Nick and Nikki were both separately pushing really hard for Paul to investigate Adam for foul play in Victor's so-called death. And we even had a scene on Thursday when Nick and Nikki came together. And I think they said something like, it's started. And then Nikki says, I just want Adam to pay. So yeah, I think no doubt about it, Nikki is in on it. And I think that Victor really would have been better off only telling Nikki. If Nick is in on it, he kind of tipped their hand to Adam. And Adam's a card player. (laughs) Not, I mean, if it's a contest of who's gonna outsmart Nick or Adam, I think Adam will take the pot. Yeah, immediately Nick was lashing out at Adam. He was blaming Adam for Victor's death. And he was saying that if there would be an, uh, you know, any reason to think of foul play, then the person who did it was going to get arrested. He said, oh, there's going to be an autopsy. And if you had anything to do with it, I'm going to get you. And Nick pretty much said the same thing all over town all week to Chelsea, to Sharon, to Phyllis. He told everybody about this and he gave Adam plenty of time to plant that bottle of the double-dosed pills right along with Nate's tablet right into Victoria's top right-hand desk drawer at Newman Enterprises, basically the most obvious place in the world. (laughs) The first place anybody would look in her top right-hand desk drawer. And the fact that she, you know, had those items, supposedly had those items at the office, also implies a motive. It implies that Victoria would have done this because she wants the company She wants to take over the company for good. And, you know, I'm kind of guessing that maybe Adam is going to dump onto Victoria any evidence that he might have left behind about the secret takeover that he was planning, which he told Phyllis about early in the week. Adam had been discussing with Phyllis the likelihood of whether or not those pills actually did kill Victor. And Adam revealed to Phyllis that it was never his intention to kill Victor. But I don't know. Adam is a very deep, brooding thoughtful individual. 
there's no way that Adam did not consider and also accept the possibility that the outcome of his actions might be that Victor would die. Victor had a life-threatening illness, Adam knew this, and Adam tricked him into taking a double dose of experimental medications. So, while his intention might not have been for Victor to die, this cannot really be a surprising outcome to him. I'm kind of not feeling Adam's poor me, I'm being accused of something I was completely innocent of, and uh, you know, I'm not part of the Newman family club, they don't like me, I'm a pariah, I'm an outsider, I'm not feeling it. He is guilty to a lesser degree. <laughs> It's stuff like this. This is why he's persona non grata. Adam has been a sneaky little weasel ever since he came back to life. (laughs) And he was a sneaky little weasel way before that. He's a chip off of the old block. That's part of the reason I love the character. He's exactly like Victor. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking about that conversation that Phyllis had with Jack on Friday about the horrible situation that Victor put her into with Marco. I mean, Jack was sitting there at the bar earlier in the week raising a glass to toast to Victor, to his dead rival, where... Phyllis is contemplating popping a bottle of champagne and dancing on his grave. Mm, It's interesting that in Victor's so-called death that Weiner has has portrayed the various reactions. You know, some people are mourning him. They loved him. They admired him. They appreciated, you know, the good qualities that he had. And there are other people like Phyllis who are, are you know, bringing the reality of some of the horrible things that Victor has done over the years. I mean, does Phyllis have a, a, a reason to hate Victor, a right to hate Victor? Of course. At the same time, I can't stay mad at characters for too long. I mean, if you hold on to one thing that a character did, or many things, over time, you know, you're just going to end up hating them. I mean, really, the whole Marco thing, what happened to Phyllis, it was just a plot device, (laughs) you know? I mean, the whole Marco thing was there to give the viewers some drama, knowing that a a fake Jack was walking around. That was all it was about. You know, you could get away with a twin twist like that in the old days of soaps, and no one would hold you accountable to it. You know, not for the characters, not for the writers, not for anything. It's, It's actually very rare to see the consequences of a, a stupid, like a stupid soapy twin twist being played out for reality. As if it ever could have taken place in reality. On the topic of 
twin twists. Here's another one. Oh, you, you, I can't tell you how much it hurts me physically <laughs> and emotionally to not be able to sit in my YNR chat chair and scream <laughs> with joy at the fact that Michelle Morgan is back as Amanda Sinclair, a Hillary twin. I love it. I mean, I don't know if you guys are loving it or not. I think that's a good place to put a poll question for the week. All right, do you like this twin twist? Is it a yay for Michelle Morgan being back? Or is it a nay? Maybe you, you didn't like her, or maybe you don't like the way they brought her back. Go to yrchat.com. Let's, let's get some poll results. Let's get some conversation going around this whole juicy bit. I mean... I, I, you know, I throw out so many theories in a week's time, but I was a little happy with myself that I kind of saw this one coming. I loved that Devon opened the door and was absolutely blasted back by the fact that that lawyer he's been waiting for just so happened to be a dead ringer for his beloved dead wife. <laughs> I also really love that Devon is skeptical about the whole thing, but yet it didn't make him question his sanity. He's had a lot of grief, a lot of trouble this week. We know he was resisting being on his anxiety medications. He had the incident at the Grand Phoenix last week where he had a bad reaction with his medications. But I like that he was very grounded. I mean, he could have gone crazy. He could have thought he was seeing a ghost, but he didn't. He kept his cool. He told this Amanda Sinclair that he thinks she's a scammer. There's no way that she didn't know that she looks exactly like Hillary, who, by the way, was a nationally, presumably famous talk show host. Or, you know, let's say she lives in a cave. There's no way that Chance didn't know that his lawyer looks like Devon's dead ex-wife or dead wife. <laughs> so, yeah, Chance is the mystery person. Chance is behind it all. I still don't think we're going to see him. I think that YNR is just using Chance yet again as a convenient off-screen plot device, just like Fen. I mean, two weeks ago, Michael and Lauren were enraged that Adam was using photos of Fen dealing drugs to blackmail Michael, Flash 2, this week. And Michael's going right along with Adam's plan to blackmail Victoria. I don't know, but uh, uh, Amanda is saying that uh, Marshall Sherman, (laughs) I do remember, Mitchell, Mitchell Sherman, Mitchell Sherman's son, Mitchell Sherman Jr. I mean, can we take a minute to remember Mitchell Sherman, Catherine's attorney? And then I remember, I do remember that when the reading of her will came, we she had the younger version 
to say I want to say that guy played a role on another soap or something. He looked familiar, but Mi- old Mitchell Sherman, <laughs> his son, uh, was at the reading of Catherine's will and apparently told Chance in a deathbed confession about the real version of Catherine's will, not that fake will that actually got read, which Tucker commissioned to leave Devon all of those billions. So the claim is that there's a real will out there, probably leaving Chance all of the money, uh, and that the the one that Devon got was just fake. I don't like it. Mm. I don't like it. I don't believe it. You know, I don't like messing with anything having to do with a legacy character like that with Catherine's backstory. I think we need to let Catherine and her wishes rest in peace. I I don't know. Maybe they're thinking Devon is just rich enough and we need to create another billionaire in town, but... Um, I don't know. Is is that what we're going to get from Chance? I just still don't think we're ever going to see him. I do. See, I think I think he's just going to be off in the shadows. I think this has got to have all been just to bring Michelle Morgan back onto the show. And I do think it was a clever way to, to, to bring Hillary, I mean Amanda, I mean Michelle Morgan back. And to put her into an adversarial position with Devon. Adversaries make the best lovers. And the writing on the wall is there when it comes to Nate and Elena. Ever since Nate and Elena started working together, it's been obvious that they're going to end up hooking up. And I don't know, maybe even ride off into the sunset. Doesn't it seem like we're getting back all of the characters that got cut in 2017, 2018 under Mal Young's leadership? I mean, some of them got cut and some of them chose abruptly to leave the show. And Kevin got cut. Now he's back. But Chelsea, Hillary, and Lily all chose to not renew their contracts and as soon as Mal leaves the show they're all back again I think they must have not liked something about him there's just so much juicy good stuff going on behind the scenes that I wish someone would produce a tv show about if Young and the Restless ever makes a movie that's what they need to do an expose of the behind the scenes stuff Uh, But yes, anyway, so Lily is coming back. Daniel Goddard posted, uh, Kane, posted an update, I guess, on Instagram that he and Crystal Khalil are filming scenes together, which is good news for me because I don't know what the heck else YNR was going to do with Kane. He was in (laughs) two of the opening credits sequences this week and it faked me out into thinking that maybe we were actually gonna see him I mean do you guys even remember what he looks like at this point I saw him in the opener and I was like oh yeah that's right he's really hot where is he and then after Tracy was opening up to Jack about 
feeling that she had lost the last little piece of Colleen with Victor's death, you know, I thought, oh, well, Kane in the intro, Tracy maybe needing some support, some support. This could be, maybe it's coming. Seems like Tracy could use a good friend to talk to. A good, good friend, good, good friend, just the best of friends in Genoa City. Nope. Are you telling me that Jack and Sharon went off on these much-anticipated soul-searching journeys on Monday, only to end up right back in the same place by Friday? Sharon, right back between Adam and Ray and Nick. And Jack is meandering through Genoa City, not really working, not really dating, not really doing much of anything. Well, well, don't get me wrong. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed Jack and Sharon's Sedona scenes. It was really truly nice just to see these two relaxing and reflecting with no expectations no speculations about a relationship or a hookup it was nice just to see two friends talking about their lives I could have had more of that I mean I thought it was a good conversation Although I have to admit, a sunset horseback ride or even a gallery tour would have been really good too. Well, Jack was talking to Sharon about John's career and how it affected his relationship with Dina. And Jack was also talking about his own career and how that's affected his life and his relationships. And I thought it was very insightful. I thought it gave kind of a good wrap up on the, you know, the, you know, the insights that one might have into their parents' relationship as an adult versus as a child. I mean, Jack always thought that John was the saint and Dina was the monster, and here he is realizing that nothing's all one thing. It's, you know, it's easy to categorize something as good or bad or to categorize someone as good or bad, but really it's much more complex than that. And, you know, he was relating it to how he behaves in his own life and career and relationships. Seemed like he came to some kind of conclusion. (laughs) And Sharon was in a similar place. She was reflecting on her own life and her relationships. You know, she was wishing that maybe she had spent some more time focusing on herself and less time focusing on the men that she's dating. But then the second Sharon got back into town, she let herself get caught up in the did Adam murder Victor investigation. She immediately got up into the middle of it. She was immediately defending Adam 
to Ray. Honestly, before she even knew any of the details, just she was just defending Adam purely based on her faith in Adam. And uh, she jumps to Adam's defense, just like Nick told her to her face that she was going to. And what was up with that preview for next week? Sharon is telling Adam that if he helps Victoria, then he will get her. Oh, Sharon, 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 girl, you need to go back to Sedona. You need to take that art gallery tour. You need to do the sunset horseback ride. You need to do an art gallery tour while on horseback if you have to. You have not gotten your life figured out the way that you wanted to and the way that you said you did. We need to go back to the drawing board on this one. Now that Jack has apparently found himself but hasn't made no changes (laughs) that are representative of that, He's back in town. He's back at Jabot. I mean, he's keeping Kyle on as his right-hand man. I guess, does that constitute change? I don't know. It's good. I, I like it. It gives Kyle and Summer a chance to keep working together. And I feel really satisfied with seeing them as colleagues and friends and you know I don't need anything more right now I was glad that Jack encouraged Kyle to follow up with Summer following her grandfather's death I mean there's just something about those friends who know your family you know that's it's a different dynamic from the friends you have who don't know your family it's like the ones who know your family know a different side of you or they have a different insight into you. I also feel like I got a little bit more insight into who Theo is when he talked about his family, his late father. Apparently he was a union delegate, died of a heart attack when Theo was 15 years old. That's a very formative age, 15. And it sounds like he and dad didn't agree. They had very different personalities, obviously, which is also a very common theme that the child is expected or anticipated to be like the parent, but isn't. And I thought that, you know, that really explained, you know, a little bit more about Theo's character. He said that his father's life and death are part of what drives him today to to be the kind of <laughs> sleazeball he is. <laughs> to, sl- to, to, to sleaze and seize every opportunity. <laughs> I thought that that little moment with Theo and Summer also added some dimension to the rivalry that Theo has with Kyle. Theo came from this very modest upbringing, The father worked hard for everything they had, total blue-collar family. Whereas Kyle was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He was handed a CEO position just because of his last name. Hmm. 
So unlike any other famous rivalries on the show that we might know, Thanks to the power of Victoria's love, <laughs> Billy is healed. <laughs> oh, um, he was able to remember everything that he's been suppressing. Turns out that the gum chew version of Billy did all of those bad things to Billy. The writing on the wall... The stealing of the handkerchief, everything, up to and including trying to run Adam down on the highway that night. So, Billy, remembering what he did, <laughs> set us off onto a two day extravaganza of self healing. <laughs> day one at the boathouse with just when it was just Billy and Victoria, it felt like an exorcism. Billy was writhing around and crying, and I was waiting for his head to spin around. Uh, But day two, day two was when it got real. Day two was the full devoted episode to Billy's madness. Or his 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 reemergence from madness. Victoria left the boathouse to go get him something to eat, you know, a panini. And while she was gone, a parade of people, figments of his imagination, showed up one by one to tell him what a loser he is. Delia was there at the age around what she probably would be today. And she was telling him that she was disappointed in him for stooping so low as to try to kill Adam, but also for using her as an excuse to do it. She even called him out (laughs) about the whole Sybil, like multiple personality thing that he has going on, which I thought was a very weird reference coming from such a young person. Sybil, it's such a 1970s reference, right? (laughs) I guess the other side, as beautiful and amazing as she describes it, also has a TV. Delia must have flicked through HTV. That's heaven TV, for those of you who don't know. She was flicking through HTV and she happened upon that uh, Sally Field miniseries. (laughs) She realized what her dad was up to and that prompted her to come and check on him. (laughs) Then Jack showed up, you know, to call Billy a loser brother. Jill showed up and called him a loser husband. And Phyllis showed up, call him a loser boyfriend. I really liked Billy and Phyllis's scene with the poker table. First of all, Phyllis in that visor. It hurts. It hurts to even reimagine it because it was hilarious. Phyllis in the visor laughing maniacally. I really liked 
seeing Billy making the bet with the redheaded devil. And then when she won, there was this great moment where he grabbed the deck of cards knowing that they were stacked. And he spilled them out all over the poker table. And all of the cards were jokers as Phyllis is laughing maniacally in the background. That was clever. I really liked that moment visually. But I think probably the best part started when Adam showed up. And Adam decided he he was going to try to put Billy out of his misery by choking him to death, which, you know, I thought was was symbolic. It signified the way that Billy's hatred for Adam was choking him to death, was choking the life out of him. And it was a it was a great confrontation, Adam versus Billy. But then that morphed into <laughs> Billy versus Billy. Good Billy versus bad gumchew Billy. <laughs> you know, we, we, again, that was a good representation. It illustrated how that's where the real battle always was. The The real battle was always Billy versus Billy. This was always an internal struggle. And so, you know, bad Adam morphs into bad Billy and he starts choking good Billy. <laughs> Billy starts choking himself, her, 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 her. Yeah, Bad Billy was trying to kill Good Billy and take over completely, but Good Billy mustered up what was left of his strength and he defeated himself. He defeated his inner demons. Well, what do you guys think of this special episode? Um, I've, I, I could see that YNR was pulling out all of the stops. I mean, they were giving us special effects. They, I, you know, and I, I, I could see what they're doing. They were giving a potentially new audience, maybe some people that were stopping in for the first time, to, to focus on a single character. I think that YNR wanted to give us a feature episode following that big cliffhanger, uh, where Victor Newman's dropping dead on the floor. You know, they wanted to follow follow that up with something special. It felt like a holiday. <laughs> it felt like Christmas. <laughs> That's usually when we get these Ebenezer Scrooge episodes where someone's visited by three ghosts. <laughs> and this episode was in that vein. I remember uh, a previous feature episode for Billy, who was then played by Billy Miller. It was a New Year's Day when Billy had fallen down drunk in a ditch. (laughs) This was very that in September. Oh, but I thought um, our current Billy, Jason Thompson, did a wonderful job 
I mean, even if some of the material was a little hokey and heavy handed in places, I thought that Jason Thompson was really very talented. I could feel his pain. I could see his tears, his sweat and his red face. Um, I thought it was great. My, I mean, you know, overall, I give it a thumbs up. My favorite part, though, was when Billy punched Billy into a million pieces, literally. My only question is, where'd they find another guy who happened to look so much like Jason Thompson for those scenes? Okay, I feel like the inside of a dirty garbage can. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I don't feel that bad. That was last week's quote. I feel like the inside of a dirty garbage can. I don't know why, but that line just really struck me. Apparently, everybody else heard it too or could guess it. The answer was Summer. She was describing her Molly hangover to Phyllis. Apparently, it makes you feel pretty bad. What goes up must come down. Oh my gosh, you guys are going to make me work for this who said it quote, aren't you? I So many people, like over 20 people guessed it right. Normally, I would say, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath and say everybody's name. But deep breaths are impossible right now with this rib injury. It's like the one thing I can't do. <laughs> but I'm going to try. <laughs> Congratulations, Sandra, Lynn, Jamie. Anna, Maria K, Sharita, Sue W, Henry, Mark, Jamie D, Jillian, Jennifer, Keisha, Martha, Char, Janice, TB84, Lisa, Kara, Daisy S, and Diana. You guys all guessed it right. There's so many names I haven't heard in a while. Where have you guys been? I think that YNR maybe had some success with this is Victor Newman dead thing because I think they're drawing some more people back to the show. Then they follow it up with a special episode. I see what they're doing clear as day. I don't disagree with it. That's I think I'm I'm glad to see you guys coming back. I also saw some new names in there and that makes me happy i mean the more people who are interested in and loving of ynr the happier i am i i I want uh, more people to love and watch and support ynr well here's another quote for you this week i think this one's going to be a little harder to guess but i don't know why it made me laugh here's the quote I don't know whether to cry or throw up. Who said it? (laughs) I think that one's a little more challenging. I don't know whether to cry or throw up. YRChat.com is the website. If you'd like to wager a guess, go there, leave it. If you get it right, I will give you your shout out on next week's YNR Chat.
I know there are so many wonderful comments at the website this week, and I regretfully did not collate them into the comment section like I normally would have. I, it, yeah, I, first of all, I don't think I have the ability to breathe deep and read comments, but also just the injuries have really slowed me down. I've had a hard time even getting the captions and stuff up at the website this week because everything that normally takes me no time now takes me more time. And the other thing is, I this is so me, I should have just taken it easy immediately when it happened. But no, I tried to power through and act like it wasn't happening. And I think that made the injuries worse especially around my ribs because I am still pick I was still picking up my daughter still trying to do all the things that I would normally be doing and I think the other muscles and tissues and stuff all around it then had to work extra hard to make up for the injury and now it's just all worse so I need to rest. I really do. I I think I'll be better by next week. I think if I just this happened on Monday. It's been nearly a week and it's the it's I feel worse the worst than it's been. I think if I just would have rested on Monday and not pushed myself, I'd probably be better by now. So, that's my goal. I am just going to rest today. I've got some tea that I'm going to drink. I'm having a lovely turmeric. Or is, is it turmeric or turmeric? Maybe it's turmeric. I'm having some of that tea. Um, and I'm just trying to relax and, and keep it small and maybe take a nap. Get get those healing tissues. Get those tissues healing through the power of sleep. <laughs> Thank goodness nobody decided to kid found me on the floor, decided to kidnap me and hold me in a boathouse. <laughs> Split my ribs <laughs> and hold me there until I made some sort of breakthrough. I wish I had my fall on video. I really do because I'm sure that I could look back someday and laugh about it. It's just that today isn't the day. <laughs> Oh, well, again, I really think I'll I'll, I'll be better this next week. And even though I'm not uh, reading comments out loud, I hope you still go to the website and leave me more. Um, And I want to say thank you for the comments that are there. Um, I really appreciate that. And I really do like interacting with you guys in between YNR chats. So go to yrchat.com to leave your comments and um, respond to comments. It's a good good place to get some conversation going with other people who love the show. And I really think I'll be back next week in full video uh, full video and loud bombastic form that I that I have come to has come to be my signature <laughs> last week I was yelling I mean I was yelling and hollering last week <laughs> it hit a fe- fevered pitch with the Victor Newman death thing and now here I am a really good follow-up week and I'm weakened what a bummer I feel bad but I will still go to the website so so um I can interact with you there after my nap. <laughs> 
Okay, everybody, have a really good week, and I will see you next Sunday. Bye!